Welcome to the Travel Squad Podcast, where adventure meets inspiration. We're your hosts. I'm Brittany. I'm Kim. And I'm Jamal. Together, we explore international destinations, hike epic national parks, and share unforgettable travel experiences with you, one passport stamp at a time. Our mission is to inspire you to travel by showing you how you can make it work no matter your budget, schedule, or experience level. We bring you along so that you can laugh, get excited, and start planning your own trip. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And get ready to embark on a new adventure with us around the globe. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, squaddies. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, as you know, we're returning for part two of our Canadian Rockies adventure. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, part one, please go check it out because we have all of the tips in that section for you and the first half of our adventure. So... In this portion, we're going to be talking about the start of the trip where Charlotte joins us until we leave. So definitely a lot that we did in this time. We did so much, and I'm so excited to share all of that with you. Right. So picking up from where we left off last week, again, we started in Banff area, but didn't really do much other than making a few stops along the way, meeting up with Kim and Jasper National Park, doing lots of things, hikes up there hot springs, as well as the ice fields and glacier trekking, working our way back down to Banff where we picked up Charlotte and we are ready to rock, roll and rumble. And I'm excited to get into this episode. I feel like when you read about Banff and you're planning your trip there, the things that we're doing in the second part of the two-part episode, these are the highlights that you see in all of those articles. And we did a ton of fun stuff in part one, but we're really getting into the good stuff now. So like Brittany said, you know, go back, listen to week one if you haven't, because all the tips are really in there. So we woke up this morning, which is technically day five from the time Brittany and I started here. But this is going to be a Saturday and we did a full day exploring Banff and then working our way to Yoho National Park. And what did we do first thing in the morning, ladies? The first thing that we did was Lake Louise. We saw that beautiful blue lake. It actually looked a little pale blue, kind of grayish at this point in the morning. We got there, what, like 645-ish? Yeah, so we did leave at around 645 from our hotel, and we're just right up the street from Lake Louise. So by the time we arrived, maybe around 7, 710, and you are right, Kim, and I'm so glad that Brittany and I stopped the first day driving up because, one, it was a little bit later in the morning, the sun was out, and the water was a little bit more calm, so we had that better reflection along the lake, but it was still really pretty, and we weren't just going to go to look at the lake again. We actually had plans to do a specific hike. This was actually the longest hike of the trip that we had planned. This was going to be hiking the Little Beehive Trail, which was six miles round trip. And we will get into that. But I just wanted to remind people, if you pay to park at Lake Louise, it's $21 Canadian dollars. So it will be a little bit less US dollar after conversion wise to pay to park here. And if you remember kind of towards the tail end of last week's episode, I mentioned the reason why we stayed at our lodge is if you are unsuccessful in being able to find a parking spot, because it will get busier on 
on in the season. We chose that for the close proximity because we would have been able to walk to start this point because Lake Louise is so popular, but $21 to pay to park and then hiking a little beehive trail. Now, what drew you ladies to one hike, little beehive trail? I know there were a couple things, but what was it? So for me, the pictures with the overlooks were amazing and I wanted to get in longer hike. So one, it was a longer hike. Two, it was the overlook views. And three, there is a tea house along the trail and I really wanted to grab tea and biscuits from the tea house. I don't think you're really doing it justice just by saying it's a tea house. You have to hike all the way up this mountain. You come across Lake Agnes. It's a lake on top of the lake. And then this solar powered tea house with amazing soup, amazing biscuits, gorgeous view. And you really do have to work to get up there. And it was so interesting. The people that actually work there also have to hike to get to work and they camp out in these rustic cabins right there for the season. Oh, and Jamal was very nice. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to why it was very nice in a little bit. But yes, this tea house is at the foot of Lake Agnes already hiking up with a further overlook down to Lake Louise. But this was the third lake because technically we came across another one. Maybe someone would call it a pond, but you know, it was definitely a good stopping point midway, which there's another lake, Muir Lake. That was what it was called. And so, I mean, you're just coming across all these things as you're going through the forest with multiple overlooks. Finally, the payoff is getting to the tea house that you do have. If you do enjoy tea, I would highly recommend it. What a unique experience, right? Just going up there, doing a hike. You have a full-blown service restaurant that's giving you tea, the soups like you ordered with Charlotte, right, Kim? Which, by the way, when it came out, it smelled like freaking bomb. I was like, I should have gotten soup. But we, we just kept with the, the tea and biscuits for... Brittany and I, but where you say, you know, I did them a little bit of a favor or help, it's also kind of a funny story. Again, there's really no power. Yeah, they say solar power, but you're in a national park. You're several miles away already from any sort of like trash can. So they keep their trash and they hike it all down of everything from the customers at the tea house to the trash that they have themselves. And so when you're sitting at the table, they have this little booklet of just interesting, unique facts about the tea house, about life up there for the workers, et cetera, how they get things, how there's only one helicopter shipment a year. Two. Two, excuse me. Two a year, but nonetheless, still, right, you know, it's hard to keep that thing operable. And so it says, if you want to help volunteer to take down I read it as your trash. I feel like as I'm getting older here, I'm, I'm having difficulty finding things when I search for things and like reading comprehension. I read it as your trash. So I thought to myself, oh, I could take my cup, my tea bag, my little liner that had my biscuits and the little basket that they brought me. And so I tell our server, you know, I'll take down some trash because that's what it said. Just ask us to take down some trash, help us out. And then lo and behold, our server comes out with a full blown bag of trash that weighed like 10 pounds. It was not 10 pounds. It was like 10 pounds, but it was, it, well, it was on my back, not yours. It was about 10 pounds. But anyway, he comes out with that. And I'm just like, oh, is that more than my trash? And then he was like, oh, like, no, this is like our trash. And so apparently the sign says, you know, offer to take down our trash to help. And, you know. 
nonetheless, I was committed at that point. So I was stuck taking down and carrying down trash. So point being, if you go up, do some good work and do some good deeds. But a unique experience nonetheless. We got kind of on the side tangent with the story, or I did at least, but really awesome experience up at Lake Agnes and the tea house. Yeah. So even before you get to the tea house, we even stopped by a waterfall as well. And I would recommend that if you are going to do the tea house, we were debating should we do it on our way back down because then we wouldn't have to like hike up. But I'm really glad we did it when we did, which was on our way up because it had just opened like 30 minutes before. There was already a little bit of a wait. And I hear that the wait just gets worse as the day goes on. When we got back to our hotel, we had told the person that had checked us in. She was like, what did you guys do today? I said, oh, we went to the tea house. She goes, oh, you guys were able to get in? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, oh, that's great. So apparently there's probably like a cutoff time or whatnot. But while they told us we had the little wait, I took a picture of the sign because it had all of the different types of teas and what they offered. And so they had green teas, black teas, herbal teas, white teas. Then they had other types of drinks. They had mountain munchies. So they had sandwiches, soups, sweet treats. And then they had a little sign. This is what Jamal's referring to. It says, be a tea house helper. And it says, there are no garbage cans in a national park. Lighten our load and offer to take a small bag of garbage down. We really appreciate it. So we had our little tea and biscuits. I'm thinking we're just going to put that in our backpack, you know, the cup just in the side pocket or something like that. Jamal asks for a bag. Once you ask for the bag, that's when they're getting the bag of like actual garbage. They're not getting a bag for you to take your own garbage down. I completely understood that. Apparently it was a little lost in translation for Jamal. Well, what you just pulled up is the chalkboard sign that actually had the menu. I didn't even see that. So that's news to me. I'm going off what I read in the little flipper book that they had on the table, which I think was a little bit different, but neither here nor there. Point being, I was the team player, helped carry down some of the trash to lighten the load. But that tea house opens from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So don't know when that cutoff time is to depending on how busy it is, you know, I don't want to imagine they're seating people, you know, at 5 p.m. So do it in the morning, but a really unique experience hiking one of the most beautiful lakes in the national park, maybe the most beautiful, depending on who you ask on that, passing different lakes along the way, having that unique experience of a tea house that's serviced just by having to carry the supplies up, people camping up there, etc. So I really did enjoy it. It was my favorite thing, I think, for the trip that we did. I think it was my favorite experience out of all of the things that we did. And we were seated at a really good spot. We were on the deck of the cabin. If you look to the left, there was forest. If you look to the right, you could see the lake. Very scenic as well. So I absolutely 100% enjoyed and would recommend doing this. This is one of the trails that you really need your mosquito repellent for. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bugs on this one. And your all trails map. And even though this was a six mile round trip, I felt like it wasn't too bad. Of course, three miles is the way back down, but I didn't think it was very steep, even though you do get a lot of, you know, elevation gain. But you have several stops and things along the way that kind of really break it. You know, we're kind of really focusing on the tea house here, but you have the, you know, the first stop, which is, I guess, the start of Lake Louise. You could get good picks. You're working your way up. Then you have Mirror Lake, and that's a nice little resting 
interesting point where you could eat a snack. Lots of people are stopping there. Then the second stop is a waterfall. Now it's not the biggest, most grand waterfall you'll ever see, but you can be right up close to it. At this point, they don't have like a trail trail. They actually have to build, you know, like wooden steps that you get up to this area to bypass, which will get you onto Lake Agnes and the tea house. So there's all these little unique things along the way that I think make the hike actually fun in and of itself, other than just hiking. It makes the hike an experience in a way. And then the last stop is the little beehive lookout where you get to see a bird's eye overlook of Lake Louise from the top. And that was really pretty. We spent way too much time there trying to get pictures, <laughs> but they all came out good. I, in particular, thought this was a difficult hike. My feet were killing me after this hike. Came over 30. Yeah, it was intense. Well, you know what? In fairness, you live in Texas now, and they don't really have high mountains, and the highest mountain they have in Texas, you live nowhere near. So in fairness, I'll give you that too. But in general, I, I didn't think it was too bad, but there you go. You know, maybe somewhere in the middle on that in terms of the difficulty scale. But I do think if you're not in a rush and taking your time it was it's manageable though right kim oh yeah it's manageable and it is fun going up going down there's not as many stops that make it interesting so you're just piling through to the end and so once we ended the hike we decided that we were going to go into yoho national park which would mark our fourth national park that we're visiting in canada canada actually has 37 so look at that we've already been to like one tenth the main reason I really wanted to go to Yoho was for Emerald Lake. This is one of the most beautiful lakes that we saw. It was my favorite lake, but the crown was taken the next day with Moraine Lake. But it is an absolutely gorgeous lake. I wanted to do two things here, neither of which we ended up doing. But through no fault of our own, though. Well, right. well maybe one of them, but continue on. So... Emerald Lake is gorgeous, turquoise waters. It's surrounded by gorgeous green lush forests and mountains. It's so picturesque. I really wanted to do the restaurant that they have there, Cilantro on the Lake, and just have a little cocktail, maybe a little small bite, enjoy the scenery. But there was a wedding going on there, so it was closed for the public. Bummer. But we did a little walk around. We tried to find a good place to put out our picnic blanket, have a little bev. I also wanted to go canoeing here. And that's the other thing that we did not do. It was going to be $90 per hour, right? Yes. So it's kind of expensive and it can fit three people. And you can't swap anyone out. So once the three people are in, that's who's in. And so our thought process was, well, okay, yeah, $90 an hour, a little bit expensive. But of course, when you convert it to US dollars, it's a little bit more you know, manageable and not excessive in price. But beyond that, like you ladies already said, three people maximum. Well, there was four of us. And so, yeah, we could have gotten two, but at the same time, it would have been fun. And we were all pretty much in that same thought process of, well, I think all four of us in one will be better because they weren't very small canoes. I think they just really do that because they want to make more money to limit it to three when I have to imagine they got to know that there's usually four, you know, people neither here nor there. But then the clouds started to come in and we're like, is it going to rain on us? And they all, every place that has canoeing will basically say, it doesn't matter if it rains or whether, you know, no refunds whatsoever. And we're like, well, we don't want to be out here. Like if it starts raining and guess what, when we sat out and had a little picnic, those sprinkles started to come. So we didn't do two of those things, but I will say this though, Kim, I enjoyed just putting out the little picnic blanket that we had sitting relaxing and just really enjoying the view and being amongst each other's company that was really fun 
time there. And you are right. Like Emerald Lake was absolutely beautiful because even though you're in the mountains, I felt in this area, like you're really in the thickness of a lot of greenery. Plus with the contrast of the blue of the lake, it just made it really beautiful out there. And squad tip, this was the cheapest place to do canoes. If you were going to do the canoeing at Lake Louise or Lake Moraine, it's almost double the price to canoe there. So in that sense, $90 an hour was a steal. It was $140, wasn't it, to mm-hmm. canoe on Lake Louise and then $110. $145. $145 on Lake Louise? One, I think it was $140 at Lake Louise and $145 at Lake Moraine. Yeah, so pretty expensive. It made the $90 not look so bad, actually. Uh, that's very, very true. But um, nonetheless, Emerald Lake was still a really fun experience. I would go back. I know you wanted to do cilantro on the lake. When we looked at the menu, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. The menu didn't seem to impress me. And the reviews, at least that it had, was not the best. But of course, it would be the experience. And we came to the consensus that if it was open, and this is before we knew it was going to be closed, that we were for sure going to go in there and just enjoy a cocktail or a coffee or something to that effect. So I wish we were able to do that. But look at the reviews. We weren't able to try it out to know, but the reviews on the food there, won't lie, aren't so hot. Hey, squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon-lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy-free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you, so all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. 
So from Emerald Lake, we wanted to see a few other sites. We went to this area called Natural Bridge. And Natural Bridge is a really cool, remarkable geological formation. It's been carved out by centuries of waters rushing from like this river called Kicking Horse River. And it just creates this natural, stunning archway like bridge. You can't walk upon it or anything like that. But you can stand on another bridge and get a really good view. It was raining at this point too. And I remember at this point, Kim did an Instagram story and I was just cracking up because what did you say Kim what did I say you said something along the lines like gotta see the sights you know (laughs) yeah you said it kind of like with an accent you're like we're out here it's raining you did kind of like a little 360 panning and then you're like but we got to see the sights, you know, but it's not even what you said. It's how you said it kind of with a little accent afterwards. And we, we all ended up getting a good laugh out on that one. Maybe we'll repost and share that story or maybe even make that one a reel when this episode launches. So everyone can appreciate that if they missed it. Cause it was a good yeah. funny one. Really easy stopover. Just you could spend five, 10 minutes here and see it and then you can move on. And from here, we wanted to go to a waterfall called Takaka Falls. How do you say that waterfall name? Takaka Falls. Okay. But what happened, Kim? Well, once again, that shoulder season got us and the road was not open. We did debate the two-hour walk to get there. (laughs) We debated real hard on it. (laughs) But I think we were all still tired from that big hike in the morning. And it was also sprinkling at this point. Well, more why, so. Well, why did we want to see this waterfall in particular, ladies? I mean, we've seen a lot of them up until this point. What was it specifically about this one? Because there's a reason. It is one of the largest drop single stream waterfalls in Canada. So it's very impressive. And we really wanted to see it, but unfortunately we could not. Yeah, you know, seeing waterfalls is one thing, but seeing really towering waterfalls is something completely different. And a lot of the waterfalls that we did see on this trip, as impressive as they are to just see the full sheer force of nature that is water, you know, none of them were very high in elevation. And so I was really looking forward to seeing this one. So if you're there at the right time of year, and again, we missed it again by only just a few days, I would have really, really loved to see this one. But from the area, you know, of Natural Bridge, we were going to drive there. But if you do this, when you do go, it's a 0.8 mile, uh, you know, round trip, 30 minutes of a little bit of a trail and hike that you'll have to do to get to see one of the most impressive, a single tallest waterfall in all of Canada. That night, we had a huge debate on what to have for dinner. We were going back and forth again because of the menus in Lake Louise and having all the same options to choose from. And um, what was really cool is our hotel, the Paradise Lodge and Bungalows. They had a binder in the lobby with every menu of all the restaurants nearby. So that was really nice. To that just was helpful. Sit down and peruse the menus. Yeah. So, I mean, the debate was real hard. And now instead of three people trying to figure it out, it was four then at this point. And I could have been back and hard on Bill Pathos Cafe just because, again, I knew what we were getting. Menus weren't really changing. But, you know, this was our first full day with Charlotte. We're like, oh, yeah, Charlotte, you just go ahead and make the pick. She picked a restaurant called Legends, which was inside of a hotel uh, resort area. I forgot what it was, but they had several restaurants within there that all looked pretty decent again in comparison to you know what it was that is being offered in that location but they had a different lunch menu and a dinner menu and we all agreed that their lunch menu looked like it was going to be 
freaking awesome. But, you know, lunch was passed and they were like, no, you can't order on it. And so we had to stick with the dinner menu and it was definitely good. I won't lie to you on that one, but just knowing what that lunch menu had in comparison, I was just like, man, I feel like I'm getting let down, but I still enjoyed it because Charlotte got bomb fish and chips. Brittany and I did a little split of a pot pie and a salad. So there were good options in there for sure. Yeah, I got the pot pie and an espresso martini and it was very good. Yeah, you guys loved that espresso martini, didn't you? And that is actually exactly what I needed to dominate in cards that night. Yeah, squad tip, bring a deck of cards with you if you're going with a group. We always play rummy. So much fun. Kim dominated us that night for sure. You guys were vying so hard to gang up on me and win. (laughs) You just couldn't do it. And we could not do it. And so, you know, I don't even think we got done early. I mean, we started early in the morning. We had a long hike. We did several things going to a different national park, had dinner, etc. But by the time we got back, that beautiful little porch area that you were talking about in our bungalows that had the mountain overlooks. Well, luckily there were four chairs out there and we had the deck of cards. We had gotten drinks, some wine, some beers, and we were just enjoying ourselves playing. And don't fall for the trap of thinking it's early on in the day because the sun sets late around like 1030 before we knew it. It was dark. And once it gets dark, you know, it's actually really late. So we kind of had that knowing we were going to get up a little bit early in the morning. But yeah, that espresso martini just rocked you to dominate. Nobody beat you at any game that we played that day, Kim. And uh, no, you wiped the floor with us. We played um, Slapjack. Slapjack. And, and I did not win. I she won. did not win. You did not win. Either. I won. Yeah. <laughs> but also, we didn't mention this before, but I think this is a night that we ended up splitting some maple fudge and while you're in canada definitely pick up some maple fudge we got two kinds regular maple and then we also got a maple walnut both were really really good Yeah, you can pretty much get the maple fudge anywhere. And I would highly recommend, and I didn't mention this when we were in Jasper, but when we were done, all three of us getting the brews at Jasper Brewing Company, when you step outside to the left, there is a shop immediately to the left. It's not even a chocolate shop, but they do have a sign in there that says fudge. And that's where I got the maple fudge, but you can pretty much get it anywhere, but highly would recommend getting the maple fudge, trying it. I mean, maple's on the Canadian flag, right? So when you're there, you got to do it. But it was really nice to just enjoy the fudge, drinks, and play cards on the balcony that night, just having a little bit of relaxation time. Yeah, the next morning we were going to Lake Moraine. We had been waiting for this the entire trip. We actually found out that you cannot park your personal vehicle at Lake Moraine anymore. The only way to get there is by like a tour or to take the Lake Moraine shuttle bus. So that's exactly what we did. We booked the earliest slot available, 6.30 a.m. shuttle to Lake Moraine. And so we went to the park and ride. We got on the shuttle. It's only $8 a person. You reserve it online in advance. And we took a little shuttle over to Lake Moraine. And it took us probably like 20 to 30 minutes to get there. Well, before we get into Lake Moraine, Brittany, I know you mentioned that you kind of need to make reservations. Where do you need to make reservations and how far in advance do you need it for Lake Moraine or even shuttles to Lake Louise they do have? But where would our squaddies go to get those reservations and how soon in advance do you need to based off of when your trip is? 
So we made our reservations on April 13th. That's when it opened up for us, for us to go on June 11th. And you have to go to the Canadian Parks website, find the reservation system, make a profile in advance so that when they do open up online, you can just easily go ahead and book it. And their reservations open in mountain time. So just keep that in mind that like wherever you are in the world or in the U.S., the reservations open on mountain time and $8, like I said, per person. Lake Moraine is my favorite lake on this trip. It was so pretty. I guess it's a good one to end on then. Yes, it was worth the wait. It was this gorgeous turquoise blue that was so bright and bold. Even staring at it, you'd think it's fake. Yeah, I think the best views of it that we got were when we hiked up the little trail called the Rock Pile. Half mile round trip. It's to a viewpoint. Very beautiful looks overlooking the lake. I feel like that's when you can really appreciate the deep blues and the colors the most and then see all of the mountain backdrop as well. And that hike is called Rock Pile because, of course, you just hike up a little rock pile to get that overview look. But they do have a nice area there where they have benches, flat area with a little you know wall to protect you so you're not falling over. So it is a good overlook. What I really liked about this lake beyond the scenic beauty of what you were just describing, Kim, I mean, it was really scenic, really beautiful. But we took the first shuttle bus in the morning, and I would highly recommend to anybody, since you can't park cars there, the only way to get there is by shuttle bus. They only have like one little lodge that doesn't look like it can fit a lot of people to stay there. If you take the first shuttle bus, you're going to have this lake all to yourself in the morning, and just that beauty with the sereneness of just being kind of an isolation to some degree with not a lot of crowds is going to really enhance your experience. So I'd highly recommend doing that, but I can't even begin to describe what that shade of blue really looked like. I've never seen a shade of blue like that on a lake before. I really loved it, especially with the mountainscape. We took that little overlook and then we did a little trail along the right side of the lake to the very end of it to where you can't go anymore leads to a little boardwalk area where they have a little waterfall and stream coming in that actually feeds the lake so really beautiful lake moraine loved it what a great last lake to really end it on you know when you see pictures on instagram you wonder like how much of this looks real is it filtered is it edited all of the pictures i've posted so far were not edited the colors are just really that blue really that great and you really don't need to edit the photos they speak for themselves and it's not even doing the area justice i could have stayed here all day it was so pretty it really was after we finished the rock pile we hiked along the lake shore and just got some other different views but i feel like the best view was from the top yeah definitely You know, a lot of people say Lake Louise and staying at the Fairmont that's right there and Fairmont, you know, the Fairmont chain, fancy hotel would kind of be a little bit of an ambiance, but I would wager to say that little lodge that they have that is here at Lake Moraine would be a much better place for you to stay. Now, we did not look into it in terms of, you know, cost of that, what food amenities they have there, but I'm sure if you're staying at that lodge, you can actually bring your own private car, but it's not a very big hotel, so you kind of have that seclusion and this lake a little bit more to yourself, especially in the early morning hours and evening hours after those shuttle buses go, because this area just is really great. So if we ever went back to Banff, I would want to stay or at least look into the possibility of staying at Lake Moraine at the lodge here. So we did have the 
option of going back directly to the parking ride, which is what we did. However, if you didn't do the itinerary this way, you could go back to Lake Louise or have done them in the same day because there is a transfer bus that will take you to Lake Louise. You can stay there for as long as you want. Then you can go back to the park and ride. So the ticket includes the transfer between the two as well. So keep that in mind. But we had already done Lake Louise. We already did the, the little beehive. So we went back to the park and ride and then we were heading back into the town of Banff directly to grab lunch. And then we were doing an, another attraction that we heard about called cave and basin i have a lot to say about this one cave and basin which is funny because you were not that we didn't want to do it but like you were really hard on this one too i really really wanted to see this one when you see the blog articles and the tiktoks like it's on the list you have to go here we're big cave people love caves we love a good cave we love some history and this was one of the top attractions in banff national park and it was only open from nine to five. So kind of a time constraint trying to get everything else done, eat lunch and then get here before it closed. And we had read a lot of things saying you need at least an hour and a half, two hours, maybe even more. And so Kim was like harping, like, we got to get done with Lake Moraine early. We got to get done, get there so that we have enough time to do it. Tell us about it, Kim. So it was about 850 Canadian per person to enter. What was cool, though, is you can get that double ticket, which gets you into the Banff Hot Springs as well as the Cave and Basin. So I know the next day you, you two did that. So you went with that double ticket, saved a buck or two. I did not do that because I was going to be heading home, but I thought that was kind of cool that they offered that. Now, the cave itself. Hmm, how do I describe it? Small. Very small. Underwhelming. Kind of a letdown in a little bit. Um, you know, we've seen some amazing caves. Carlsbad Caverns. There's a ton of caves around Texas and Tennessee. Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. This cave was extremely small. It did have a basin of water in it, which was cool. It was stinky. But once you get in and you see it, there's nowhere to walk. You just go in, you see it, you leave. If you ever been to like a cave style cenote in Mexico, this almost reminded me of that, but like a single person size cenote for like one or two people really in there. What I found really interesting more so about the cave, I mean, there's a storied history to it and that's what I appreciated more. Like when we got in there, it happened to be around the time where when we bought the ticket, the person selling it basically said, oh, a national park ranger is going to be giving it a tour in like 10, 15 minutes telling you about it. And what I liked more was the history that we learned of how this cave was discovered fairly shortly after like Yellowstone became a national park in the United States. Of course, if you don't know, Yellowstone is the first national park in the world where government started to finally say, yeah, these are certain areas we should really protect, not have any, you know, uh, construction, preserve the ecology, etc. And so they found this cave in the area, of course, of these beautiful mountains also. And then the Canadian government kind of got the idea, well, let's kind of like protect this, etc. And so the story of how this area was really the first and start of the national park system in Canada, I appreciated more than the caves itself. The cave was underwhelming, but the story of it I found to be kind of exciting. If you were going to leave anything off of our itinerary that we've done, this would be the thing that I feel like I could skip. Yes, 100%. The other thing that kind of disappointed me about the cave was that it's a dead cave. They 
in their storied history had periods of time where people would come and swim there, touching everything. And so the cave is not alive. Minus those few little cave snails that are on the endangered species <laughs> list that they do have. But yeah, I mean, you say that it is to some degree dead. You still can in this area, minus outside the cave, they have do, do have boardwalk areas where you can actually see natural hot springs that are flowing down the mountainside. They take you on those boardwalk areas to it. But where you're talking about people used to go swim, yes, they tried to make that a touristy thing. But also what was really kind of cool with the story as they were telling it now, of course, this was a sacred area to the First Nations individuals in Canada. And again, First Nations is what they call, you know, Native Americans or Indians in Canada, as we, you know, we call them here in the United States. Over there, they're First Nations. Well, this was a spiritual place, and they used to have ceremonies in there. And of course, once it became a national park, they prohibited the First Nations individuals from utilizing it. And now they've come to an agreement where they still do allow some ceremonies for them to do it in there. But yes, because of so much human activity that went on in there, not necessarily from the First Nations, but, you know, of the explorers and other stuff and monetizing it, it kind of killed the cave. But you mean you still have the natural hot springs, but yeah, a dead cave. And it's actually quite a big property. You can see old pictures when it was more of a tourist attraction for swimming. There was a big pool that they had built into the property area, which is now removed and kind of bricked over. Yes. So it would have been cool to see it as it was decades ago. And then you can walk around those boardwalks, like Jamal said. Jamal, what did you think of the upper pools? Oh, my God. The upper pools. They were just so <laughs> fantastic. I was so, like, riveted by them. <laughs> so at this point, we're all pretty tired. and I did not want to continue walking the boardwalk. <laughs> <laughs> but you ladies did, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, didn't want to continue. I didn't want to take your story away. Yeah, so... Jamal and Charlotte were being little babies and they didn't want to walk. And so Brittany and I were, of course, going around and checking out all the little pools and highlights on the map. In and fairness, we were walking with you. We got to a point where like on the map, we can see that the boardwalk kind of circled and met back up where we were. And it wasn't too far away, but we we're like, now we don't need to go. So, so me and Brittany went up there and we came back and we were like, you have to see the upper <laughs> pools. They're so cool. And Jamal goes trekking up there. I think Charlotte came with me too after you guys sold no, the bag of goods. No, she didn't. Okay, no, I went along. She sat it out. Okay. She was smart because we got gotcha. you. You got me. Yeah, there's nothing cool at the upper pools. It's like and, a little tiny pond. And <laughs> not worth seeing whatsoever on that end. There is an area though on the boardwalk on like the lower portion where it does go out over a marsh and then you see like mountains as well. That was a pretty nice view but it's not like i would go there just for that like you can get other views of the area as well but at that point it is kind of buggy at charlotte was wearing a little crop top and she was getting mosquito bites right in this midsection where like <laughs> she had exposed skin and so she was like i'm going back to the car jamal was like waiting for us and so it was like kim and i that was only ones doing the real exploring but or I wouldn't say that we, you guys went off in like two little spots mm -hmm. where we just said we're going to stay and it wasn't that far. I was just like, I don't need to see. But anyway, but then after this, we went and checked into our hotel. We took a little nap We got some life back into us and then we went back out on the town of Banff. We explored Banff a little bit. Really cute mountain town. Very picturesque. There's views of the mountains. All of the like souvenir shops look pretty rustic, has like that old feel to it. It was very bustling too. Mm -hmm, it was. 
And we ended up getting, did we end up getting our beaver tail here as well? Mm-hmm. We did get our beaver tails. You ladies were talking all about the beaver tails. I didn't know what they were till we got there. So why don't you tell us what the beaver tails well, are? Well, I love me some beaver. And you know, when you're... I love beaver too. When you're in Canada, you've got to go headfirst into the beaver, you know? Basically what it is, is a long, flat piece of fried dough. Like a donut. Almost like a flat donut kind mm-hmm. of crepe thing, but not as thin as a crepe. little yes. hybrid. And they cover it in cinnamon sugar, and then they put whatever toppings you want on it. So I got like a apple pie type topping. Which one did you guys end up going with? We ended up getting the banana and Nutella, and then mm. they gave us a free one that was like a cookies and cream. That was an extra order. And so like, did you want it? Like we made the wrong one. Hell yeah, I want it. So we had that, and that was pretty good too. So they ha- they're almost like really donut crepes except a crepe is kind of like folded over with your fillings right but this one's not and it's a fried dough and a little bit more puffy but not like too risen high but i would say you know definitely try yourself some beaver tail when you're out there you can't go wrong with those they're a nice little sweet treat so that was really good we had that and of course minus exploring the town of banff and something about just mountain towns i really love mountain towns the quaintness of them just the architecture style of the buildings all be made of wood but we went out here specifically for dinner we had reservations kim you were hard on this place too and i know cave and basin kind of let you down did the fondue at grizzly fondue let you down because you really wanted to do that i thoroughly enjoyed that dinner And how did you guys feel about it? My one complaint is that inside it looks, it's so dimly lit Mm -hmm. and you're cooking your own food. Mm -hmm. No problem with cooking your own food or doing like a fondue thing. But I couldn't tell if my food was cooked until I like put a flashlight from my phone over it to just to make sure. So that's like my one complaint is like the lighting isn't sufficient. The meal itself was pretty good, but I feel like it could have been explained a little bit better so that we could have made better choices, but overall enjoyed it. The cheese app fondue portion of the fondue meal that we got, yeah, it could have been advertised more. I wish it wasn't just the bread and cheese and like Brittany said, something on the menu, but overall I, I did enjoy the experience. We don't go to fondue very often. It was fun to do it all together, all four of us, mm-hmm. and yeah, just it. it it needed to not be as dimly lit when they bring out a hot plate for me to cook my own chicken and beef on, mm-hmm. you know. I would recommend making reservations. I think that we could have gotten in with maybe a little bit of a wait, even if we didn't have them, but better to be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. It was cold, so we wanted to sit inside. And I think my bill at the end was around 62 bucks US, and that includes a four-course meal and an espresso martini. So it was actually pretty reasonably priced for a fondue experience. So let me take you through the spread. Take us through it, Kim. We start out with a salad or soup choice. Mm -hmm. I got a Caesar salad. I know some people got the tortellini broth soup. Pretty good. I got the regular house salad and that was pretty good as well. Mm. So all around first course, we're loving it. Second course comes out, you have a choice between a veggie fondue and a cheese fondue. And this is where we got tripped up. Of course, we want the cheese fondue, right? Right. We didn't realize that it was going to be just cheese and bread to dip it in. And you also have the option of doing both half and half, which we should have went with, but we didn't know what it was. Well, she it was labeled as like vegetarian fondue, right? Mm-hmm. And so... 
I'm like, well, what is this? Is this like a vegan cheese? This was kind of like our assumption on it. So when she asked if we wanted to do the half-half, we kind of said no, because we all really read the menu the same way. And then when they bring out the course, it was just the cheese and bread. And usually in fondue places, when you have the cheese, they'll maybe bring some like carrots or broccoli or like other type things that you can put with the cheese. And apparently that was going to come out with the veggie cheese that they have. I'm just like, well, what, you know, so that was where the confusion was. Get us to course number three. I still enjoyed the cheese. That was super good. And it was kind of weird because as the pot cooled, she came over and scraped up all the burnt cheese off the pan. We're like, all right, we're eating burnt cheese now. Mm -hmm. So we moved on to the third course, which was your choice of meat. So I got chicken and steak. Someone else did too. Did you, Jamal? I did the same chicken and steak. And then Britt, you got? I did beef and scallops. And that's what Charlotte did as well. And that was really good. So they bring out this extremely hot rock, a big rock, and you cook your meat on there, but it doesn't last very long. It was only like 10 10 minutes. minutes. So that's where it got a little dicey with if the chicken was done. So they had to bring out a second hot rock for us. Yep. And we had, oh my God, all the dipping sauces too. There was like eight different dips. The dipping sauces with the meats, I loved it. It was hard to choose which one was the best. And Mm -hmm. so like I cut all my meats into little pieces and would just go dip, 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 (laughs) you know, like for each little bite that we did have on that. So that I really did enjoy. But my favorite course, I'm going to be honest, was the dessert Mm -hmm. course. The chocolate that they had with all the the fruit that they brought out and different fruits with it. What was it? Strawberries. Bananas. Banana. Honeydew. Honeydew. Cantaloupe. Apples. Mm -hmm. Cantaloupe. Those little crispy cookies. Oh, yeah. Like little wafer style cookies with a filling in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those were good. The, the dessert course was my favorite course. I won't lie on that one. Man, I could really go for this right now. This sounds amazing. So you can have that experience yourself if you go to Grizzly Fondue in the town of Banff. And that's what we did for dinner. Explored the town a little bit more. Uh, by the time we were done with dinner, shops were closing up and everything like that. And then we spent the night back in Canmore, but I think you have a little something else to add. I just wanted to share one other restaurant recommendation in Banff. You know, unlike Lake Louise, Banff actually had a lot of good restaurant options. So if you're struggling there and you maybe want to drive a little bit into Banff instead of eating in Lake Louise, we definitely considered that. We also had ramen here in Banff earlier. in For lunch. Yeah, ramen arashi. And it's voted one of the best bangs for your bucks, one of the best ramens in the area. And it did not disappoint. It was very good. Loved, loved, loved the ramen. Yeah. Charlotte was like, oh, it's like in this little strip mall and like no one's here. And I'm like, it just opened, but it has really good reviews. And once everyone ate, everyone was really satisfied with their meal there. And there was a huge wait when we left. Mm -hmm. We had gotten there the minute Minute it it opened. opened. So that was like our last full day together as a foursome. The next day, Kim was going to be leaving. But before she left, we were doing one last thing together. And that was going to be doing Johnston Canyon. And we were going to be doing a hike up to Upper Falls. And so this is about a 3.2 mile hike. Takes you approximately two hours I really love this hike. You get a little bit of everything. You have a little bit of the river, you have waterfalls, forests. You kind of take it all in. And on top of that, the trail itself is anchored to like 
the rocks on the outside and it's kind of going over the river but it's not glass bottom so I was like oh Jamal how do you feel about (laughs) this because you're over it and you're like overlooking it as well but it did not have a glass bottom so he was okay with it it had no glass bottom i was totally fine with it i really like trails that are like this i mean you're literally following the edge of the canyon on each side and there's literally no space for there to be a trail so they have to anchor the wooden platformed boardwalk trail into the rock so that's what Brittany means when you're kind of like over the edge is because it's literally anchored to the rocks on the side for you so i really love this you have the payoff of you know a couple waterfalls the first lower falls that you actually get to there's a really cool spot where you can get in front of it but then they carve out a little area to where you can i don't you're not technically on the back side but you go through like this little tunnel cave, cave to get to it and then you're standing right there then you're just kind of like getting misted with the water that's coming up from the waterfalls really cool experience and then the upper falls like once we actually got there uh, to the where it looked like it was the end of the trailhead i was like oh man this is disappointing the lower falls Mm -hmm. was probably cooler than who was it who said could continue down a little further i think it was you kim right and then what do you know like it looks like the boardwalk ends you're not going to see really anything there but it gets you to an area where it's literally peeking around and then you can see this big waterfall and really enjoyable like quite honestly this is one of my favorite things that we did was the johnston canyon uh, to upper falls hike trail in banff national park i really love this one i would agree this was one of the highlights for sure so skip cave and basin and go over here to johnston canyon yeah so we were kind of on a time constraint because kim had a 11 a.m bus ride back to calgary her flight was leaving but jamal charlotte and i were continuing on so we went back to bamp we dropped kim off kim do you have any parting words for us just backing up the bus once again it's so convenient it's so easy It's priced by the length of your trip. So the cost to get up to Jasper from Calgary was more expensive than it was to go Banff to Calgary Airport. It's super easy to find in the airport. The bus is laid back and chill. They have huge windows on the side so you get the view while you're driving. Two thumbs up for the bus. Okay, good to know. Good to know. So from there, Jamal, Charlotte, and I, we loaded back up in the car. We went to Lake Minnewanka. This is the second longest glacial lake in the Canadian Rockies. It's also really long, so it stretches 21 kilometers in length, largest lake in Banff. And you can do like boat tours on it as well, bring your own boat out on it, do a scenic hike along the lake trails, or just hang out there. This was not my favorite lake, even though there was a lot of hype for it. I just like wasn't super impressed in comparison to all of the lakes we went to. But then we went to a lake called Two Jack Lake right up the street. And I really liked that lake instead. It was much more scenic. There wasn't as many people there. The colors were better. Forests on the other side. Charlotte and I stuck our feet in the water. It was a better scenic opportunity here. So how you said, Kim, that we can pass on Cave and Basin. If I'm going to be honest, I would say these two lakes, in my opinion, are potential passes if there's a time. I agree with Brittany on Lake Minnewanka. Probably this is really popular because it's the largest. I saw a lot of areas where this looked like it had little boat ramps for people to actually go boating. I'm not talking like canoeing, kayaking, like actual boats. So if you're into that, that's probably why, you know, it's kind of rated high. There's campgrounds around, things like that. So that's probably why, again, it does rank pretty high. But in terms of scenic, eh, whatever. Two Jack Lake was a little bit more pristine 
nicer colored water and a little bit more uh, laid back and more of a kind of secluded vibe, even though there was, you know, a good amount of people there. So I would agree with Brittany on Two Jack Lake. But in my honest opinion, if we rush for time, these are just things to potentially see and you know, not the most impressive uh, lakes. Well, I also think, too, is when people think of the Canadian Rockies, people focus on Banff a lot. And so they don't often go outside of Banff. They don't go to Kootenay. They don't go to Yoho. They don't go to Jasper. And so if you're only staying in this area, yeah, I would recommend it to get more variety of lakes. But because of everything we had already done, it was like second thought after that. But one of the highlights that we did after this, which I'm really, really excited and happy that we did, and you kind of touched upon it, Kim, when we were talking about Cave and Basin, how they had that little twofer ticket with the hot springs. Well, they have hot springs here in Banff that we were able to go ahead and do. It's $16.50 Canadian per person. But again, if you do go to Cave and Basin, you can get the twofer ticket at, what was it, like about 22 bucks mm-hmm. or something like that. So uh, it creates a discount on both of them where you get the the cave tour as well as the the hot spring tickets here. And this is another area where they've made man-made recreational hot spring pools out of naturally fed hot spring thermal water and you're at a nice high elevation where you're overlooking the mountainscape and everything but by the time we did this you know it was midday and it was at the warmest time of day so it didn't really feel too good sitting in the hot springs being that it was a little bit warm but it wasn't like excessively hot but you know you could have better outside temperature to sit in the hot springs than we did in this moment but i still really enjoyed it very similar in terms of amenities to the one that we went to up in Jasper. But what was different is there was only one pool and the pool was obviously warm. And as you are leaving the woman's locker room, you go down a ramp and the ramp immediately starts to enter the pool. So you are oh. already like partially in the water by the time you are like in the pool. Like there's, you don't go outside of the pool and then get in. You walk directly and you're mm-hmm. in the pool. I forgot about that. That's very true. It's like sometimes those Instagram or TikTok videos you see of like really cool pools in, uh, or spas like in hotels. And then you kind of like walk down the ramp and there's a wall there. Then all of a sudden you round the corner and it's actually the pool itself. That's what it really was here at these hot springs. So that was a really cool aspect of it. I forgot about that, Brittany. Good call sounds very unique yes and very beautiful panoramic views charlotte was loving it charlotte loves the sunshine so she was just having her best time here laying out in the sun enjoying the hot springs i really enjoyed it too and then jamal had mentioned you know we got that two for ticket at cave and basin and we had asked the person that sold it to us do we have to use it the same day she was like no the ticket to the hot springs is valid through the end of the year so if you're going to be in this area for a few days then you can use it at any point during your stay so from the hot springs i wanted to check out the fairmont hotel in banff they have one that's called banff fairmont springs different one than the one that's by lake louise by the way so throwing that out there it looks like a castle kim it has a like i feel like the castle look should be at the one that's at lake louise Mm -hmm. and didn't i say that too like for this fairmont hotel which is a very luxurious brand of hotels and chain for it being at lake louise i said the outside is very unimpressive like it could be a lot better then we saw the outside of this and i was like holy shit man this is like a cool castle looking hotel made with stone i mean it was awesome i the outside of this was substantially better than the one at lake louise yeah but there's really nowhere to like park 
unless you want to pay a lot to park there. So Charlotte and I just popped out of the vehicle and we went inside and we kind of like perused a little bit and they have a pool there. The pool overlooks like this mountain backdrop. It looks super cool. It would be a dream to stay at a hotel like that again. You just reminded me of something that happened to us in Jasper. If we can go back to last week's episode, Mm -hmm. it has to do with the Fairmont and it has to do with hot springs. While we were at lunch, the server had asked us, oh, what are you doing? And we said, we're going to go to the Miet Hot Springs. And she's like, oh, you should really go to the Fairmont Jasper Hot Springs. And we were like, what? We've done a lot of research and it's not popping up. We even Googled it right there. It was not popping up. From what we could see, it was a heated pool at the Mm -hmm. Fairmont and they wanted to charge 30 or 30 something per person. Right. And we were like, what kind of trickery is this? Yeah. (laughs) I think she was trying to keep the Miet Hot Springs towards the locals and a few less people. That was like our discussion because yeah, nothing came up about that as being like hot springs, let alone are they even naturally fed or is it just a little jacuzzi that they're labeling as hot springs? So yeah, I mean, so the Fairmont in Jasper, don't go to the hot springs there, <laughs> but I guess the one in Banff, cool looking outside hotel, the pool overlooks the mountains. I didn't see it because again, there was no place to really park. So I just kind of let the girls out and stayed behind a little bit uh, and waited for them to meet back up with me because they wanted to check out the inside. But that was really the last little bit of things that we did before we started to make the short little drive back down to Calgary and spent our last evening there before our afternoon flight the next day. Yeah, we made it to Calgary and we wanted to check out the downtown. Calgary is a big city, so I was looking up things to see and do in downtown Calgary. They have some like art installations on the outside of buildings. You know, it kind of reminded me in Chicago of a way because there was one building that we like could not get over. It was so cool looking from the outside. It was, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like a whole bunch of different squares that popped out at different lengths. And so it just looked super strange, super cool. And then when you checked out the side profile of it, it was weird. It was really narrow at the top. And then the way it just got wide at its base and not even like in a clean line. So the architecture of some of the buildings there were cool, but we don't know the name of that building, but it was very captivating. I'm sure if you're in the central downtown area, you'll see it. But, you know, by the time we got back, it was a little bit later. So we're like, we're hungry. What are we going to do? We we're starting to look for places to eat, things to do. But we were like, well, we're going to go check out the town. You know, one thing that Brittany wanted to do and that we did was check out the Calgary library. And you would say, well, why are we going to library? But then you see the photos and the inside of it is impressive. You know, the architecture of the building and everything like that. And each floor was a little bit different, had some local art and art installations in there too. But minus the library, of course, if that's not, you know, your thing, you can do the Stephen Avenue walk and it's a whole closed off street that's lined with restaurants, pubs and bars. That's a cool little walkway area. And we kind of did that, found an Irish pub to sit and have a drink before we were making our way on to dinner. Yeah, I got a really good coconut mojito at the Irish pub. It was delicious, by the way. And we sat there because across the street there was like some people performing on their guitars, like little live music there as well. So it was a very lively street. They had it decorated for pride as well. And then we decided to go to dinner at a place called the Rooftop YYC for drinks and their happy hour. And we were like, all right, you know, 
sorry, Kim's not here, but we're going to have to try to find a rooftop bar. And so we were Googling <laughs> it and there were actually two listed. I, I don't remember why we didn't go to the first one. Bad reviews on the food. Bad reviews on the food. And then so this one is called Rooftop YYC. And of course, you know, you're in Canada and maybe, yes, the summers can be warm in the valley area of Calgary, but the winters are deathly cold. I've been to Calgary before in the winter and it is cold. So, of course, a rooftop bar is really not going to be full blown open. We thought to ourselves, OK, maybe somewhere on the rooftop that's kind of like a little atrium style closed off. And this is what it was. And so from Stephen Avenue Walk where we had our drinks, we were like, all right, let's just walk to rooftop YYC. And then we're like, we're here and we look up and it's only a three story building. And we're just <laughs> like, what the heck is this? I, uh, yeah, You know, when I, restaurants will say that rooftop bar, and then it's like the second story <laughs> terrace. I'm like, who are you trying to fool? I, well, you know what? They fooled us, but we got there, but Minus the rooftop aspect of things, one, yeah, it was kind of a letdown, but the ambiance up there, which we'll touch on in just a second, was freaking awesome. It did look cool from the story. It, it was freaking awesome. But the food reviews that we saw and photos that made us decide that we were going to eat there and happy hour that they had, we were like, oh no, we're going to go here. And this place was legit. Like if you're going to eat and have drinks anywhere in Calgary, I would say to go to rooftop YYC. Yeah, so Kim, I posted on our Instagram stories and you said not impressed. Explain that. Not impressed with the rooftop, being that it was closed. Okay. Yes. But again, I said why. I mean, it's Canada, you know, you got to do but Yeah, but can you really call it a rooftop bar if it's like that? If it's atrium style. Yeah, it was atrium style. It was really cute ambiance. They had these like um, clear umbrellas hanging down with like flower petals there was a tree on the inside there was lights lanterns lots of like floral decor very unique tunnel to like get to the bathroom area that was like lit every bathroom was different kind of had like this graffiti feel but like purposely so and some like interesting art on the wall it was just a very hit place the food was really good what was the food we got like everything. I mean, it just like little snack foods. We got these fries that were like in duck fat and truffle sauce or truffle mm. oil. Yeah, they were fried in duck fat and then they had like the truffle sauce. We got chicken parm sliders. We got a, a whipped feta cheese board. What else did we get? We ended up getting the grilled tuna. Then we also got oh, a sushi what roll. we thought was going to be a sushi roll, but they made it a little bit differently, which they told us that, you know, as we were ordering it. But basically they deep fried the sushi rice, topped it with, you know, what you would have kind of like in the interior of the roll, your tuna, sauces, other stuff with it. And then I'm trying to think what else we got, but the food, drinks. well, drinks, of course, but the food there was really, really good. There's one more thing that I remember that we liked that's just, I can't think of what it is at this point in time. However, you know, they do have a happy hour menu, one to kind of like earlier in the afternoon where they have their drinks and food on happy hour price. And then happy hour will come back from a certain time until close, but not for drinks, just for the food. Oh, it was the Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah, the Brussels sprouts. Kim, you would have loved it. I knew there was something else. Mm -hmm. Those Brussels were fire so point being in calgary go to rooftop yyc you won't be disappointed and maybe be sure to time it for the happy hour and get those good prices 
So that's how we ended our night in Calgary. The next morning was the day that we were flying home. We had a flight at around 3 p.m. We were so tired from this trip, like just go, 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 go. So we decided not to set an alarm. We slept in that morning just in time to hit the breakfast buffet before it closed. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to go back to downtown Calgary. They had this huge mall and in the mall, they had a top floor with botanical gardens and it connects to the mall. So it's not enclosed. So you can go in there and like enjoy your coffee or a snack or read different little inlets to go explore the botanical garden. Really liked that, that it feels like you're outside, but you're inside and probably pretty clutch for the Canadian winters as well. I would assume that's exactly why it's designed that way. And they have it in the mall to just allow people to have that little outdoor space in the depths of winter. But otherwise, you know, I wish we had a little bit more time to explore Calgary and give you good feedback on that. But, you know, our time there was limited other than just arriving, getting food and then having to rush to the airport. But amazing trip, Banff all in all. And when I say Banff, of course, it's the all encompassing of Jasper, Yoho, Kootenai and of course, Banff National Park. And I really love this trip. If you haven't been to Banff yet or in that general region, this is an area of the world where the mountainscape and lakes that are formed from here, just really beautiful, highly recommend. So we're getting ready for the next part of the episode, Kim's favorite part of the episode, questions of the week. Woo, let's hit it. We got two questions on our Instagram that were DM to us. Number one was from Pat from Delaware. She asked, how many miles did you drive in total on this trip? Jamal, how many miles did you drive? Oh gosh, you know, I felt like a lot, but then when we actually did the tally, I didn't realize it was this much. I was like, oh wow, really that much? Uh, total collectively about 1,100 miles. Wow. Yeah, we were very active. I know. It didn't feel like that whatsoever at all. Because, I mean, if you break that down from Calgary up to Jasper and working our way back down at 1,100, that's 550 miles. I'm thinking about like from San Diego back to our hometown, Woodland, right by Sacramento. You know, that's the kind of approximate mileage equivalent. And I don't feel like we drove that distance at all that I know it is from San Diego to Sac area. So that was really surprising to me, but roughly 1100 miles. And our second question was from Lauren from Pennsylvania. She asked, how many days did you need to visit all four parks? So you all basically did eight days, right? Tuesday to Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this actually on the trip and the route that we took and all the things that we did, what we would skip knowing what we know now. And I think you could probably do it in six days if you were. Well, you, you, Kim, were there for six days and you did go to all four national parks. Well, there was some things on the Icefields Parkway that I didn't see that you guys did on that day. I wasn't there. So ideally you would want to see those. And if you weren't on the bus and you were driving, you totally could. And you could maximize the trip. I think, yeah, I think we could have done it in a few less days, but I also think there were things that were closed that we could have added on had they been open. And so what do you think? I would say six to eight days is a good range depending on what you want to see and do, because we found out about Kootenay while we were there. And that was kind of an afterthought for us, but there were other things to see and do in Kootenay. And we just touched like the very surface of it and we didn't go far in, but it, that road to 
along Kootenay ends at a, a town called Radium and there's hot springs there and it's supposed to be really cool and there's a mm-hmm. glacier that you can hike to which you can't in other parts and we didn't do a ton in Yoho either and part of it was because part of the road was closed so I feel like if you were going to leave Calgary out and you were going to maybe not do Cave and Basin like six to eight solid days is a good amount of time to really get a good feel for the area. I think I would have done canoeing on Emerald Lake and the Lake Louise gondola because they said there was high chances of seeing grizzlies on that. So with a little bit of extra time, we could squeeze those things in. Mm -hmm. I would have been all about the gondolas too. Uh, if it was in the schedule, but since it wasn't in the schedule and then it was just like, oh, it's adding kind of like another thing. It almost felt kind of like a drain if we were to do it, but I agree with you that could have been added on and I would have really liked to do that to kind of go up there. So, but yeah, I would agree or six to eight days is probably a really good amount of time just to make sure you see a little bit of everything in a not so rushed fashion. I think all in all too, I spent like a thousand bucks on this trip. I got my flights super cheap, mostly with points, the bus tickets, transportation, car rental, gas, hotels, splitting them like we did. I think I spent around a thousand bucks for that week trip. So I was pleasantly surprised with, I was expecting BAMP to be extremely expensive, Mm -hmm. but we were able to do it by staying outside of the towns and skipping on some of those expensive experiences. So it was great. Yeah. And speaking on that touch of expense, I just want to say something real quick. A lot of time when you see Canadian prices, one, the Canadian currency is called dollar, by the way, but of course they're not US dollars. They have their own currency dollars. But just with the exchange rate, when you see the prices, things look very expensive. But when you do the conversion to actually make it out to US dollars, it's not terribly expensive at all. As a matter of fact, I think really good value. The only thing that I found to be not a good value is when you go to a liquor store and try to buy alcohol, that seemed to be like literally the most expensive thing, like a six pack to 12 pack of beer would honestly like no joke run about like 20 to 30 dollars yeah i mean it was crazy wine was like a cheaper route to go and even liquor if you were into liquor but none of us are really into be like oh we're gonna drink some liquor so yeah yeah so that's the only thing that i would say is really expensive so when you see those canadian prices just do it to the u.s conversion you're gonna be like oh okay like this actually isn't that bad Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I think this is probably going to be my favorite trip of the year. I really enjoyed it. I told Jamal it was probably one of my favorite trips that I've taken. Thought it was so beautiful, so picturesque. Combined a lot of things that I really like. Hot springs, nature, waterfalls, beautiful lakes, the glaciers. So it had everything that I look for in a trip in it. We are planning to create an itinerary for this trip. And we'll have that up on our website shortly here. So you can check that out. And we'll, of course, announce it on our Instagram when it's ready. Because we could have really used something like that as we were planning our trip. So it could have been so helpful. Yeah. And so we'll map everything out for you. Mileage, distance between, where to eat, where to stay. All of that will be in the itinerary. And just check in on our website and you can find it there. And thank you, Squatties, for tuning in to our two-part episode. Keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, any social media at Travel Squad Podcast and tag us in your adventures. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that you know would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. 
stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, squatties. Bye, squatties. Bye.